Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. On this week's episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs, we are going to have a look at that fairy tale story of once upon a time when you think that you've met the man of your dreams and that you are going to live your happily ever after, only to find out that he's not really Prince Charming, but he's actually Prince Harming. So This episode explores why I have called this podcast Tiara's Tears and Triumphs and how this is going to help you to pick up the pieces and put on your tiara, dry your tears if you have been oppressed, betrayed and hurt and actually triumph over your adversities. So tune in now. Just a caution. If you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back any time you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Did you know that you can become a patron of this podcast? Patrons are the people who breathe life into this production and help this podcast reach more listeners. If you can help Tiara's Tears and Triumphs go the extra mile, you can be the reason a victim of abuse rediscovers her smile. Just go to patron.podbean.com forward slash empowering victims or go to the link in the episode notes. Once upon a time, there lived a young girl with a heart filled with dreams of meeting her handsome prince and being swept off her feet, falling head over heels in love with each other, leading to a life filled with happiness and success and born of this match made in heaven, having a family and living happily ever after. Now, this was my dream when I was a young girl. I think I might have even thought it might be possible to have an actual prince fall in love with me. This fantasy didn't feel like too much of a stretch for me when I was a child. I had a really furtive imagination, to say the least. How about you? Did you have a similar fantasy as a young girl? Was your head filled with fanciful notions of having Prince Charming come along and sweep you off your feet? Maybe you were a little more grounded than me and you thought of Prince Charming just being that tall, dark, handsome stranger who was noble and treated you like a princess. I always ask my guests to tell me what the title of this podcast, Tiara's Tears and Triumphs, means to them. And every time I am given a different answer. But up until now, I don't think that I have told you why I decided to call this podcast Tiara's Tears and Triumphs. So today is the day. This week, on this week's episode, I'll be diving deep into the psychology behind the title, but more importantly, how you can use this to transform your mind, your mindset and your life. And this episode is going to lead into next week's episode, which asks the question, is your prince Prince Charming or is he Prince Harming? The first thing I want to say is that this podcast is all about you. I created this podcast because I wanted to provide vulnerable women with a safe space to tune in whenever it is okay for them to do this so that they have something to connect to in times of isolation. So knowing that um, I'm not knowing exactly what it is like to 
be isolated because of an abusive partner who played a game of cat and mouse and was constantly keeping tabs on everything I did, making it almost impossible for me to connect with people who were able to support me with the challenges I was facing is my why for creating this podcast, which is a resource for you to have at least some friendly voices sharing information and possible solutions to help you with your challenges and to help you to connect with the right supports to help you to stay sane, which I know can be super challenging, and to help you find the strength to just keep going, to help you keep going, as I said, even when you have had enough and you just want to give up. Now, I also know how hard it is to break away. I mean, really break away and eventually break free from the cycle of abuse. That's another reason why this resource is here for you to find some light, to shine through the cracks in the darkness that surrounds you, to find at least one step forward that you can make right now. So if this podcast can be like a car that's driving at night with headlights on, showing you just enough of the road ahead to go forward on the road, knowing that even though you can't see a long way off, at least you can see the next bit of the road you need to travel down. Rather than feeling like you're driving down a road at night in a car with no lights on, not wanting to go forward because you can't see in front of you at all. You become fearful, you become frozen, and you just can't see a way forward. So you stay stuck there feeling powerless to move. So if this is what's happening for you and this podcast is like that car with the lights on at night, just allowing you to see that next little part of the road that you need to travel on, then this podcast is really serving its purpose. So I know I, as much as I want to help every woman, and I do, I am on a mission to help as many women as I can, who have been impacted by abuse. I know that I can't possibly help everyone uh, with my one-on-one -on -one coaching program. I know that anyone who is caught in a cycle of abuse is still in survival mode. And when you're in survival mode, you need the support of specialist domestic violence support services, of which there are many all around the world, and they are ready, willing, and able to help you. So you need to travel down that road that I was talking about before, that road that's going to help you to break away, that road that's going to help you to break free and to be ready to work with me on rebuilding and recreating an empowered life on the other side of abuse. So that's the stage where you can come and work with me one-on-one. -on -one. Up until then, you've got the resource of the podcast. There are many, many other things that I have on offer, including my workshop that you can tap into and do before you're even there wanting to go and do this program with me. So here is my take on Tiara's Tears and Triumphs. And after that, next week, I'm going to go deep and talk about uh, is your partner or your ex-partner, is he Prince Charming or is he Prince Harming? Okay, so let's start with tiaras, okay? I feel like I should be sitting in an armchair right now. I feel a bit like I'm going to a counselling session because I'm going to get really vulnerable and share parts of myself that I have never really fully explored so openly with others before. But I'm doing this because I know that this isn't about me. This is about how this might be able to help you to work through your own belief systems around yourself and your perception of relationships. 
So, okay, here it goes. From the time that I was a little girl, if I got a chance to dress up in fancy dress, I always chose to be a princess or maybe a good witch like Glinda, the good witch from The Wizard of Oz. I always chose to wear a beautiful gown and I always wore a tiara. So even as a teenager, when I lived in Fort Collins, Colorado in America as an exchange student, I landed a role as a grand duchess in a high school musical. And that musical was called The Unsinkable Molly Brown. Now, again, the character I played in that musical wore a tiara. I created so many opportunities or excuses to put a tiara on my head because I absolutely love them. So why was I so compelled to wear a tiara? Why was it that I fantasised about living into this princess archetype? I didn't question it at all as a little girl. I just thought it was natural for all little girls to dream of being a princess. So life has taught me that we all go through the world looking at the world with a different lens and that lens is really based on our beliefs or our paradigms, the stories that we have developed and what has happened through life experiences that has shaped our lives. So I understand that not every little girl had the same perceptions that I had. In fact, some little girls identified more with their masculine energy than their feminine energy. And some little boys identified more with their feminine energy than their masculine energy. But that's not a conversation for today. The point is that although there will be common threads in our experiences, which is the thing that really helps us to relate to each other, there are also individual experiences that make us unique and different. And I understand that my version of what a princess is has really morphed over the years to preferring to see the child that I was as being the princess and the empowered adult that I am now as being the queen. For me, the princess was prone to be victimised. How many stories of princesses are there where some evil befalls the princess and she is disempowered and in need of rescuing? Just think of Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, Rapunzel, Cinderella. They were all beautiful, kind, trusting, just heart-centred women. And each of them was revered each of them was special and each of them were taken advantage of by an evil matriarch in these fairy tales and the only way that any of them could be saved was through the kiss of true love they all had their prince charming come along in their time of need and save them with the sweet kiss of true love and from that point the story was always ended with they lived happily ever after. So that was the ideal of relationships that I formed in my naive mind. I believed that my prince would give me that kiss of true love, would profess his undying love for me and sweep me off my feet swearing to love and protect me for the rest of my days. In my mind that is what I believed was normal and this became my expectation for a future life partner. So that was setting me up for a bit of disappointment but Part of this is because I believed that any potential future life partner should value me enough to want to stand by my side through thick and thin. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with this. This is actually what 
we need to be doing in relationships is we need to be standing by each other's sides through the thick and the thin, supporting each other and really being there to back each other up. So that's not what happens in a narcissistic relationship, though. And there is a part of me that actually likes to be submissive. And I know that this is a lot to do with my upbringing. And in a healthy relationship, this works because the your partner actually really honours you and respects you and would never do anything to hurt you or take advantage of that submissiveness. So, but with a narcissistic person, it's a different different story very 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 different story and that's where submissive women will get used and abused so I grew up in what was for me it was just a very normal and very wholesome family and Mum and dad played very stereotypical, just male, female roles in the household. Dad did the yard work and the general maintenance on the house and was the main breadwinner. And mum was the homemaker, keeping on top of the day-to-day running of the house and making sure that everyone was fed and got run around to bus stops appointments and all of those sorts of things that go with day-to-day life in a family with the mum and dad and kids. So mum baked cakes, dad mowed the lawns. Mum was by no means a pushover, but she did give my dad the role of being the head of the house, which meant that she was in a submissive position. They did work alongside um, each other and thank God dad wasn't a crazy male chauvinist. He never took advantage of mum's submissiveness, except I suppose for those times where he did not consult her um, when it came to purchasing some things that he thought were a good idea but didn't work through that equally with mum so he'd turn up out of the blue with a new car and there wasn't anything wrong with our old car and then he would just surprise mum with turning up you know one day with another car um he just decided that he he wanted to upgrade the car and there were times where he'd surprise mum with a new boat Um, My dad was a sailor. He loved sailing. And so um, from time to time, there'd be a new boat that would be in our driveway. And um, the favourite of, you know, all time for mum was when he turned up one day with a hot food van. (laughs) He surprised mum with her own little side hustle where she could just do more of what she apparently loved doing so much, which was to make tasty food and wait hand and foot on other people so dad wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination but he never made mum feel less than he never took advantage of her submissiveness he adored her and he he did everything in his power to protect her and provide for her so that she wouldn't want for anything I'll have to admit that he let her down when he thought it was a good idea to get the hot food bad. But from my eyes, their marriage was pretty solid. I never knew the fear of uncertainty of seeing my parents argue and wonder if this would potentially result in the end of their marriage. I never saw my father get physically abusive with my mum. I never saw my father belittle my mum or call her any derogatory names. But I did see him play the role of provider, protector and leader in the relationship. And I did see my mother play the role of the homemaker, the nurturer and the submissive. I have the utmost respect for my mum and I see her now as an empowered woman. She may have deferred her desire to get a degree, but as soon as her children were old enough, she devoted herself to getting 
that degree. She'd always seen herself as an academic, but had been given no choice but to leave school when she was in year nine. And she was only 15 years old. And she needed to do this because she needed to help her mother in looking after her young sister and brother while her mum went off to work. My mum had grown up with an abusive father who left my grandmother for another woman for a time um, and left her with no kind of financial support. So at that time, there was no social security, no support coming from my grandfather and um, my mother, my, my grandmother rather, she was left with absolutely no choice but to get whatever work she could to provide for her children and keep a roof over their heads. So she was just such, I love my grandmother so much. Um, she was the salt of the earth. She always had a twinkle in her eye. She taught me how to, to sew. She taught me how to knit, how to crochet. She just, she always had time. She had time to sit down and play games with us. Um, she would make us beautiful pancakes for breakfast or fresh bread rolls. Um, just, oh, just so many happy memories of my grandmother. She was just such a beautiful, beautiful person. My grandfather did return to my grandmother and they, they made their peace with each other. Um, it took my mum years to fully forgive my grandfather her father for the hurt that he had caused his wife and the children and mum had really really good reason to be resentful she was made to give up her education because of his behaviors and she had to stand by and um and support her mum so that her mum could support the family. So there were a lot of sacrifices that both my mum and my grandmother had to make through that time because of that situation. But my mum didn't let those things hold her back indefinitely. She got her high school matriculation when my brother and I were still quite young. And um, she was a very young mum. She was 19 when she had my brother and only 20 when she had me. And um, she went through and got that high school um, qualification. And after my father died, when I was in my 20s, my mum saw an opportunity for herself to write a new chapter in her life and so after putting her own needs to one side for so many years just to be there to serve her family she set to getting a degree and she's now a minister and she's pursued her passions her dreams and her desires so I'm super super proud of my mum and I see her as being really an inspiration to say that you can rewrite your life at any point in your life. And if you have a dream or a desire to better yourself or your life, that it's never too late to do that. I think that we are here to be life learners. I think that, the, you know, we're here for personal growth and development. I think that we never stop learning. And when we open ourselves to accepting that we don't have all the answers and that what we are supposed to do is to keep seeking those answers in life that that's part of life's evolution part of the reason why we're here a big part of the reason why we're here then um then that's where we grow that's where we flourish my mum has been a great example of someone who did not um stay stuck in servitude to her own detriment but stepped into empowerment by dedicating herself to her own personal growth and development and doing what she needed to do she doesn't stay in this sort of victim um 
position or victim mentality that she had to sacrifice all of her own desires for everybody else's happiness. She saw an opportunity for her to actually go after her happiness and um, achieve the things that she wanted in her life. She stepped back into empowerment by dedicating herself to her personal growth and development and doing what she needed to do to fulfill her dream. So my reason for sharing a bit about my own upbringing is just to show that I formed ideas and beliefs about relationships based on my experiences growing up. From what I could see, couples stayed together. The man protected the woman and the woman took care of everyone in the family. I really had no perception of abuse or abusive behaviour. The word abuse is often not even in our vocabulary at all, even when that is what we are experiencing. Maybe you're like me and much of the abuse stems from coercive control or gaslighting, basically psychological manipulation or like someone playing with your head all the time, making you second guess yourself and your better judgment. Now, if you have not heard the episode that I've done on coercive control and on gaslighting, and you'd like to have some more information about that, please go back and listen to that episode because this is a huge area of um, abuse that isn't known or widely understood when you're in that cycle of psychological abuse and you don't quite know where to turn for support because you don't know that it's your right not to be treated that way and not to have these things happening to you. So you sort of don't put it into that category of it being a form of abuse. You're like, is this abuse? I don't know. He's not hitting me. So maybe this is just all in my head and maybe this is just what happens in relationships. Maybe this is normal. So it is a very big grey area, but it's an area that it's really good to get more of an understanding of the types of behaviours that go on. So you can look at those behaviours and see whether you can relate them back to what is going on in your relationship so that if that is happening in your relationship, you can actually go and have those conversations with people like a great place to start is to talk to a domestic um, violence support service or counselling service where they have people who are there ready to pick up the phone and talk to you at no cost to you and you can actually just have a conversation with these people and let them know that you're unsure about what's happening in your relationship whether that's abuse but you know these are the types of things that are happening, this is the way it's making you feel. And that person who has spoken to hundreds of women like you will be able to help guide you through that and give you some clarity about what it is that you're experiencing and not only just give you that information but also help to guide you in what steps you might need to take to firstly keep yourself safe and secondly what you might need to do to prepare yourself to leave that relationship so um yeah so I'm not going to go into whether you should stay or whether you should go that's not actually my role to tell you whether or not to stay in a relationship or not but it is, I feel, my responsibility to encourage you to seek support, okay? So anyway, the point is that abuse is easier to perceive when someone gives you a picture of what sorts of behaviours are abusive and then you have some context to think about what is happening in your own life and whether that might be abuse. 
And then there is the paradox of wanting to protect your partner, which is a really strange one, but it just, I think it happens across the board to women who um, go through abusive relationships is that after he has been abusive um, and that comes, you know, then we feel like we need to do something to protect our partner and so we'll do things like make excuses or make justifications for the types of behaviours that they um, are displaying, saying, you know, things like, he's not normally like this or, you know, I think that it was the dr drink, you know, or I think it was the drugs that made him behave that way. And so, so it just seems like, oh, that's a bit out of place, but that's not the way it is all the time. And it isn't the way it is all the time. And that's why it's a cycle because there'll be the ups and the downs. There'll be the times where um, you see, you know, like you're happy and you, you think, yeah, this is the man that I love. This is the man I fell in love with. And then you'll go through the, the abusive parts of the cycle and you'll be very confused by that and want to make excuses for it for him um, because you want to keep your um, relationship intact you you want to work it out so but it takes two hands to clap and if your partner's not willing to take responsibility for their behaviors then um, you're on a path a, a downward spiral in that case so don't feel bad if you if this is something that you do because as I said before I think we've all done it and we just as I said because we want things to be okay and we're not in control of changing our partner's behavior so we blame the alcohol or the drugs for their behavior we find excuses for them um, Today's episode is proudly brought to you by the How to Feel a Million Dollars Even If You Are Just Scraping By workshop. In a world that conditions us to lack and limitations, this workshop is here to help women who have been made to feel not good enough to find a way to rediscover the treasures that lie within themselves and to find confidence matched with courage and conviction to help them to move in the direction of a rich and rewarding life. To find out more how to manifest an abundant life and to sign up for the next workshop, just go to www.sandy j.com.au forward slash workshop or go to the episode notes and click on the link so when i start these episodes <laughs> i never know exactly where they're going to lead and i might have just gotten a little bit off track there so please just bear with me and let's get back to what wearing that tiara means to me okay I think where I left off was that when I was a girl and um, a disempowered woman, I relate to myself as the princess, that girl that needs rescuing, the young woman that fell victim to abusive men. And now that I've broken free from the cycle of abuse and I've gone inward to look at what I needed to learn and what I needed to heal and valued myself enough to prioritise this personal growth and development, I have turned into the queen. So what I believe is that we are all royalty. And what do I mean by that? So royalty holds a certain position. Royals lead. Royals are held in high regard. Royals leave a dynasty. Royals reside in a kingdom. Now, I happen to believe in God and I totally respect you if you don't, okay? But my belief system, it really stems from my faith that we are all children of God. You may or may not believe in a power greater than yourself, but the point is that the queen is 
empowered okay so as a child of god i believe that we come from the kingdom of god and we are all born into royalty because of that so what i mean when i say that we are all royalty is that it means that we are not powerless we are actually powerful we're not limited to our circumstances we are more than our circumstances the definition of a queen is the female ruler of an independent state especially one who inherits that position by birth do we always believe this of ourselves no and knowing that no is the answer is why tiaras is the first word on the title of this podcast because every time you hear that title i want you to remember that you have a tiara and it is there for you to place on your own head it is there for you to remember how precious you are it is there for you to help to remind you of the esteem that you should hold yourself in and to have that standard of esteem to be the measure of how other people should treat you. Now, I'm not saying that you should go around um, saying off with their heads every time someone does not treat you right but I am saying that you should not tolerate people who do not treat you right one of my kids calls me queen quite a bit at the moment and I must admit I really love hearing it it is such a sweet way for him to communicate to me that he knows that all women are queens. So pick up that crown that was given to you the moment that you came into the world and remember to put it on every day. Remember the way that a queen is treated. If she is a good queen, she is loved, she is protected, she is revered, she is treated with the utmost respect. So now, my dear, that we've talked about tiaras, let's talk about the second word in the title, which is tears. Now, one thing I love about being a woman is that it is okay to cry. So stereotypical macho men can live with the pressure of appearing weak if they cry. And I feel sad for them because tears can mean so many things. They can mean sadness, despair, grief, happiness, relief, empathy. Tears can be a great relief for pent up emotions. When we get to breaking point and then the tears well up and we have that good cry we feel lighter and brighter because we've released the weight of the emotions that we've been carrying now I'm not saying that crying is easy because crying can be so exhausting when you're really feeling into that emotion but when you come out of it for me it's kind of like washing the slate clean you just feel like you can start off fresh so I see crying as being really cathartic really important and really good for the soul and just remember tears aren't always a sign of sadness the best tears are tears of happiness. Those tears when you watch your child performing at their primary school concert and your heart is just filling up and you are just brimming over with emotion and love and pride for them. Or, you know, those moments when you have just had your baby and you're holding your newborn baby in your arms for the very first time and you again you are just exploding with love and happiness tears say so many things they are 
an expression of what it is to be human, to have heart, to care for others, to care for more than just ourselves. Then there are tears that come from abuse. The tears after being hurt, betrayed, ridiculed, bullied, belittled and disrespected. There is deep sorrow, confusion and pain and there can be bitterness, resentment and anger in these tears too. There are tears of self-loathing, self-hatred, self-judgment, shame, remorse and so much more that comes from the path of learning to step out of victimhood into empowerment where we have an opportunity each time to take stock of what we are hating on ourselves for, to see what it is that we need to learn or perhaps that we need to heal from. I've done a whole lot of this over the course of my own life. For many reasons in my life, I haven't liked myself very much. And this stemmed from a young age for me. And this is something I'm happy to talk about, but not today, not in this episode, because it'll take a whole other episode to talk about that. And it'll just take us too far off track. But there were lots of things that really made me not like myself. And it's been a big part of my journey to truly understand what self-love is and how vital it is to all relationships. For me to love and accept myself wholeheartedly, just as I do for the people that I love. I now know how important it is to learn to love myself And the more that I am able to do this, the healthier my relationships with others can be. Now, all these tears that I have talked about, which I just have to mention, forgiveness as well, is another whole flood of tears is when you're forgiving others and you're forgiving yourself. And these tears are tears of absolute relief and release. But all tears, they're valid. The sad tears are just as valid as the happy tears. They are an expression, an outlet for all the emotions inside of you. Tears are, as I said, they're a part of what it is to be human, to live through the ups and downs and everything in between that goes with being alive. My hope is that you will allow yourself to experience whatever healing tears you need to experience as part of your journey to healing and wholeness. My hope is that you will not always cry alone, but that you will spend time with others, whether it be a close friend, a confidant, a mentor, a therapist or a counsellor and just let those tears of healing flow. My hope is that the songs that made you break down and cry because of the pain you have experienced in your relationship will be nothing but a sad song when you have healed your life enough that your heart is no longer in a thousand pieces because of what you have been through. My hope is that you will have more tears of happiness because you have more reasons to smile in your life as time goes by. Okay, enough now about tears. I'm going to have to go and grab a tissue. Let's end this episode on a high note and talk about the triumphs. So what is the definition of a triumph? It is a great victory or achievement. 
there are all sorts of triumphs we can experience in life. And it is different for each of us, depending on what it is that we are setting out to achieve. Some of the triumphs that I see myself as having in my life are at my most vulnerable moments. They're things like when I was managing to live within my means with no line of credit, with no, no loan insight that I was able to tap into, no backup financially, that I was able to live within my means on a single mother's pension, making every dollar stretch as far as humanly possible, like a rubber band just pulled so far, it is on the brink of snapping. And that is a huge triumph for me because it taught me to live within my means, which is a really important skill to have, especially when times are tough and you push is coming to shove and you need to, you need to make sure that you keep that roof over your head. You need to make sure that there's food on the table. You need to make sure that the bills are getting paid. So that is a big triumph for me. Another triumph I see is managing, is that thing of just managing to keep a roof over our heads when we were one step away from homelessness on more than one occasion. There was a time that we um, lost our house, which meant that I lost any uh, financial equity and stability at that time because um, my abusive ex-partner was lying to me about making the repayments on the mortgage and um, I only found out once it was too late and lost uh, our home, was not able to salvage it and I needed to get uh, myself and my children into a rental, never ever having, you know, like I had rented in the past, but not under that kind of duress where I had to do it within the space of two or three weeks when we had to vacate the property. So that was a, a major triumph for me was managing to um, just really manage against all odds and um, even to the point when we had to flee and again I managed to get us into a private rental property even under that duress where um, you know I was very fearful for our safety so massive feats with you know the logistical side of keeping going into hiding keeping the children and I safe um packing up a house under that kind of duress when you don't feel safe and um and just managing that entire situation and getting us into another place and getting my children into school as quickly as I could to keep that consistency going major triumphs in my life so I think that you know a lot of the triumphs are those times of adversity those times when we are fighting for what is right and um, and for our rights and I see that as being a major triumph so another I think another triumph is actually just um when I was finally allowing myself to be like a phoenix rising from the ashes by leaving my old life behind, letting that old me die so that I could be reborn into a new life. If you haven't heard my full story when things became life-threatening for the kids and me, I'll just say I had no choice but to flee with the kids. I took whatever I could to manage out of you know our belongings and everything and transported those to a new town which is hours and hours away from where we had been living so I, we left our community we left you know cut off ties with family so that we weren't compromising our safety by telling anybody where we were um really became just incognito and and we kind of disappeared off the map if you like and, and when we left we 
left our old identity. I changed our names and the kids were then known in their new school by a new name. And uh, I, at the time I was just, I was too traumatised, understandably, to see the significance of the opportunity I'd been given at that time by fleeing and leaving my old life behind and cutting off all ties from my old life that allowed me to actually create a new identity for myself, not just give myself a new name, but really decide who that person was going to be on the other side of escaping that cycle of abuse. Um, so, yeah, uh, for that, re I'm super, you know, super proud of taking that opportunity and and recognising it as being my golden opportunity to leave that cycle of victimhood and abuse behind and to step onto a path of healing and learning to become empowered. In the early days afterwards, I thought I would be forever, forever defined by the trauma and would remain a broken woman for the rest of my life. I didn't know how I could possibly recover from the trauma that I had been through. I was a mess. My nervous system was shattered, but I needed to keep going, not just for my own sake, but more so for my children. I needed to pick myself up. I needed to find a way forward. I needed to face all of that pain that I felt from everything that I've been through I needed to move into that and feel it to in order to be able to start healing from the inside out and I can say now that I am not all healed healing is a journey and I am on that path I am fully fully walking down that road of healing and I know that I am not the disempowered woman that I was when I fled in 2014 so claiming our triumphs recognizing the strength and the courage that was needed to achieve the thing that you set out to do is so so important it is a truly important part of becoming empowered. Celebrating your triumphs will give you the validation that you can succeed. This comprehension leads to you gaining the confidence you need to try to face the next challenge and to try to set to do whatever it is that you need to do to achieve whatever it is that you need to achieve. So one important triumph that I want you to really take on board that ties back into being a queen, okay? A queen is a part of a realm. So a queen doesn't stand in isolation. A queen has support to achieve all that she needs to take care of her realm okay a queen has advisors a queen has um, an army a queen delegates and gives directives to make things happen to be an empowered queen in your life you need to remember to do this too you need to call on advisors. You need to have loyal defenders against your enemies to keep your boundaries, the boundaries of your realm. That is you, is your home, is your children. All of that it needs to be protected. And you need to call upon people to support you and help you with that if you are at threat. So. 
really important to remember that is what a queen needs to do. Know that queens can turn pain into power. They rise above their oppressors. They triumph over their foes. So now you have some more insight into why this podcast is called Tiara's Tears and Triumphs. I want you to put on your tiara. I want you to cry those healing tears whenever you need to. And I want you to celebrate each and every triumph. Okay, next week we're going to talk about Prince Charming and Prince Harming. So I'm going to sign off for now and I want you to stay well and stay safe. All right, lots of love, Sandy. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship. And for a long time, I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. But when I turned a corner in my life, the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement, if you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow. Hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on, to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? 
it would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe. Sandy.